In a land far, far away, not really, two brave souls unite. Unite to embark on a mission to review the greatest films, or at least somewhat watchable. Join in on the journey with the professionally unprofessional film critics, The Film Bros. This product is rated B for badass. There is an elevator. In the elevator, you press the button to the floor with no name. Behind those doors, there's a life you always dreamt of. The plane, it's here. This weekend, you will be our guests. Here, anything and everything is possible. No service. It's not everything is possible. Good evening. I'm Mr. Rurik. Let me officially welcome you to Fantasy Island. Fantasy Island! I'm curious how this all works. What if your fantasy involves a person from your life? Holograms, like Tupac. What if it's somebody who died? Tupac. So, what's your fantasy? Revenge on a childhood bully. Your life is about to change. I hope you're ready. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Film Frequency. I am one of your hosts. The the illustrious Hayes is in the building. What's going on? And I'm joined by my brother, the prodigal one, JB. What's up, bro? What's going on, Hayes? What's going on, film family? Ready to get into this episode? Talk some movie. Yes, sir. But before we get into it, uh, just a couple of a couple of news items, if you don't mind. So we talked a little bit on the last Keeping It Real about uh, Birds of Prey and its box office. It was really a, a, a large portion of the show. Um, so we're coming out of the second weekend, and the second weekend did not have that much of a drop off. So it seems like the name change is working. I think it made twenty million dollars this this weekend. It did thirty three million its first weekend. Now the projection is saying it's going to make anywhere uh, between two hundred and two hundred and fifty million worldwide, and it's it's expected to now be able to to cross a hundred million dollars domestically. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's definitely healthy. Um, from where it started, no one can't complain about that. And I mean, to be honest with you, even at the beginning of this, if someone was to say, Hey, it's gonna, you know, do a quarter billion, no one's gonna argue with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think yeah, and I don't know if it was the name change as much. I don't know if just word of mouth, uh, because you know, it did get good reviews. It has a, a good cinema score as well. If people just said, you know what, the movie's not that bad and people decided to show up and really uh try to come out the second weekend. And it had some competition this weekend as well, with Sonic coming out and Sonic being very Oof. solid as well. Sonic shocked the shit out of me. I mean, fifty six mil? That's crazy. Yeah, I don't I, I don't first video game movies never do huge like i think uh of course the pokemon movie really did really good numbers for a video game uh but that's kind of its own thing i kind of put that to the side but yeah it it it, it surprised me with how good it was and you know maybe we'll do a review on it later i plan to do something with my kids on it um too because i was I, I coming into that movie i had no expectations so uh when i was watching it like even within the first 10 10 15 minutes i was like you know what this is actually pretty good the movie's really good i don't want to go into it too much because I, yeah i mean uh, if you do end up not doing a review with uh with your daughter I'll, we can definitely do a review but i did a written review and i posted it on facebook i got a chance to see it today and um pleasantly shocked is all i'm gonna say yeah we had to kick the fir- uh, first first per- well 
he kind of kicked himself out of the group as well. Did you see that? I did see that. Yeah. We got to drop elbows when it's necessary. <laughs> oh, man, it is what it is. Troll, trolls are going to troll. But nonetheless, we are here this week to discuss a movie that we had both had on our most anticipated of the, of the year list, actually. Um, and that is Fantasy Island, which I got to watch with, with my daughter. Uh, uh, she was me and her were watching it. And while we were both watching it, we were just like, you know what? Not to not to bury the lead here, but two two movies saw this weekend, two solid movies. What do you think, bro? So Fantasy Island, bro. Like, you ever like watched the movie and not had gr- like super high expectations, but like you watch the movie and you're like, damn, like this movie really resonated with me and it kind of had like an impact on you. Has it ever happened to you? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, that wasn't this movie at all. <laughs> no, no, no. But seriously, like, have you ever seen a movie that was like so bad, but it was so bad that it was really good? Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. That wasn't this movie either. Yeah, this shit was, was terrible. No, bro, you're crazy. Man. We're gonna fight. We're you're gonna crazy. fight. Next hour. You're crazy. You, I don't know. What, I don't know what's been up your ass lately, but you've been on one with the like becoming a film critic for you is the worst thing possible because it's like I know you like some horrible movies. For you to say this was terrible, I don't, I can't follow, bro. This movie was terrible, bro. Come on, man. Okay, listen. Here's the thing. We're gonna we're gonna break it all down, but uh-huh. the concept. 100% behind. Mm-hmm. However, this is not their concept because they're going off the, the freaking 1970s TV show. So it's not fully their concept. Well, I wouldn't say that because it's nothing like the, t- the TV show. Well, the concept of the TV show was they go on the, on the island and they get to live out their fantasies pretty much. True, but this was a completely different take and That's genre right. than that. Yeah. So I think that there's enough in it that it was, you can say that the, it was their take on it because... It, it's it's so far removed from the fantasy island t- tv show that you know I, I really think it's one of those things where they where they probably came up with the movie they had the script and they're like you know what let's throw fantasy island on there for brand recognition because i could see this not not being related to that just so you know you say this almost every week I, but it, it's, that, it's that's probably how, true though that's how that's how unoriginal shit is nowadays like like the, the whole thing like there are so many like most of the diehard movies weren't diehard scripts that's been proven. Most of the die, like a big chunk of them were not diehard scripts, but they turned into diehard movies. Same thing with Mission Impossible at this point now. They're taking action movie scripts and just saying, oh, well, we can throw Tom Cruise in it. It's a Mission Impossible movie. And that's what I feel like is happening. It's now going out to other genres as well. Well, speaking about genres, this is a quote unquote horror movie. And the horror is is bad. I mean, horror as in horrible. I mean, it's 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 not good. I mean, it's all the the the, the what's supposed to be a scare jump, or, or I should say a jump scare. Hundred percent scare jump, bro. Come on now, man. <laughs> the movie, this movie got me so pissed off right now that I don't even know what I'm saying. But the story, the story is convoluted. The acting is friggin' terrible. Outside of Maggie Q, I don't even remember what her character's name was. The acting is terrible in the movie. Um, just so so many plot ho- the plot holes numerous amount of plot holes uh in addition to that the four different timelines or how many ever different timelines that they had i know they tried to connect them but it seemed off it, the movie didn't flow to me and honestly i felt like this movie was long as shit even though the movie was only like an hour and a half i felt like it, it should have really been more like an hour and 10 minutes wait because wait, it was, wait wait what you, there were yeah. no there were no diverging timelines in this movie you mean storylines yeah the, no the storylines is what i'm okay, talking about because okay, okay. each character had their own separate like storyline, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make sure I was. You said you said timeline, so I was like, wait, 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 let's let's get that well, together. No, no, 
Well, actually, I mean, they did have, I mean, um, the one character with his dad, they were, that timeline was kind of more like a, 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 a I don't know if it was like a Vietnam type of timeline. It was more, uh, you know, back in the day during war times. Well, but- well, everyone's story was its own thing, but I, they were all supposed to be taking place now. It's just that it, that was their current fantasy. So I don't, I don't think the time they were set in, in different timelines necessarily. That's just the fantasy that they were living out at that time. Right. And also another issue I had, uh, and I usually like seeing this and hearing this, mm-hmm. but not when it's beat to death, but they had so many different cliches and so many, uh, you know, you just mentioned die hard when they went into the room with all the guns, it was like, yippee, I, you know, it was a nod to the yippee, motherfucker although he didn't say that um it was like yippee i forgot what the actual line was but there was doing a lot of cliche shit in this movie and i hate seeing it overdone well bro it's a fan it's supposed to be like that so and, and that's the thing it's like and i and i get your your critique on it but it's not really cliche in the sense that there's people living out their fantasies so they're, they're it's going to happen like it made sense in the way that they were telling the story if you're living out your fantasy and your fantasy is to be in a diehard movie you're going to play out those tropes that are in those movies so i don't see it as much as as cliche as i see it as just tropes that apply but I, well but i'm I, not saying not to cut you off i'm not saying the fact that they went into the room there's all these guns i'm talking about the actual dialogue there was a lot of cliche dialogues where they were referencing other movies and like i said i'm usually okay with that but it was done so many times in this movie yeah it's because people are living out their fantasy bro i think you're being i think you're being way too harsh on this one man no way man too I, harsh. i'm usually as you even just said before i'm super open to movies and i'm usually very critical and not harsh but the movie was blocked to me i'm just i'm being real i'm not saying saying it's it's earth shattering or anything and this is the reason why it's released when it was but i think that when you look at the type of movie it is a it was blumhouse so it's, it's gonna have a horror horror tinge to it but i really think that this movie was one that it didn't take itself too seriously it's in the concept to where it wouldn't take itself too seriously. I think that they, the way that they try to blend everything together at the end, that's where it started getting convoluted to me. But everything leading up to that was kind of just is what it is. Like I understood it in in the in the world that they set this in. It's going to be corny, and I think that um, I really don't think how else you could have told this story in a any of of a better way other than having those tropes, having those cliches, having those corny like. With horror and everything that we say, a lot of horror movies have their corny, the classics have their corny ass moments. Like, I think nowadays, because we're so used to movies of this level living on Netflix or living on a streaming platform first, that that we judge it harder when it's theatrical. If this movie would have came out in the early 2000s, it would have been it would have fit in what was going on it's just now movies like this come direct to hulu especially with the into into the dark series that's what this kind of felt like it felt like a one of the entries of into the dark which is the hulu exclusive blumhouse show where they come out with a movie once a month but even with that taking it taking all that out of the way just judging the movie off what it is regardless of what platform you see it is it was solid for me yeah and i think that another issue which i didn't talk about was the fact that blumhouse is is behind this blumhouse has been pretty solid over the years i mean a lot of big stuff they did get out and i won't go into the whole list but last year they came out with truth that they are which a lot of people basically what i'm saying about about this movie now about uh fan uh fantasy Island right now a lot of people shit all over truth of dare at last year and i actually liked it and i was one of those people that actually liked truth of dare even though a lot of people said it was horrible i was it, it was basically what you just said it had the cliches and everything but it was like that that fun you know it 
I enjoyed it. It was horror, and I had fun with it. This, though, the acting was, at least in my opinion, was terrible outside of Maggie Q. Um, Michael Pena, who I'm usually okay with, he was not that great. He was, I don't they know, wasn't man. him. They didn't let him be him. Like I would have I would towards the end of the movie we get more of that, but I wish they would have just let Michael Pena be, be him, like his goofy self. Like him playing the serious role just didn't fit. He seemed uncomfortable being of course. Series, yeah. And the last twenty five minutes of this movie is really, yeah. really yeah, it jumps to convoluted place. and yeah. it's just a mess. I don't yeah. know what they were trying to do if they didn't really have an idea. They're like, listen, we're just gonna throw a bunch of shit at the wall and hopefully something sticks with whoever's watching it. I mean I I, I the, if they wouldn't have tried to loop everything back in the way that and i hate when the, it's the the twist of like oh with this because okay this is where why i hate the twist and you know we, we get into full spoilers we've kind of been jumping all around here is that the thing that i hate about this movie with the twist is that if that character and i forgot her name knew the Lucy whole Hill time that, that she was yeah the, the the female the the who ends up being the bad guy if it's she telling. if she if she was ultimately always knew that she was living out her fantasy and she wanted to get revenge on all these people her whole storyline doesn't make sense because she wouldn't have gone through all of that if she if she knew like to me I, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense that that part is convoluted that's why i say i think that if you take away that ending and and the, and them trying to link all these stories together all, all back to this one person i really do think that your opinion on this may may have been different and many other people's opinion may be different because that right there it takes a movie that was already corny meaningful to, meaning to be corny and once you do something that that's stupid now i i a lot of people i can't even trust the corniness that that would have that I would have taken because you've just done too much at this point i agree and um in addition to that you're talking we're talking about the the uh the the twist yeah. and the reveal horrible <laughs> lucy hills the, the, bro think about it for a second you had one date with this dude and you're ready to kill six seven people uh go, do revenge because of and you went on this a date with this dude for one time that's ridiculous what i think would have been a better role a uh, better play was Jewel, I think Julia, who was Michael Pena's wife, if they didn't do that angle and they had Julia turn out to be uh, Nick, who's the guy that, that got burned, the guy that that Lucy Hill's character like mm -hmm. that was his mom. Then I can understand like, yo, they killed my son. They didn't look out for my son. They had a chance to save my son. They didn't. Now this is my revenge. That I think would have been a better twist. But they decided to go with Lucy Hales being pissed off because they killed, you know, they didn't save her friend who she went on one date with. Yeah, yeah. I, now that part I can agree with, like that that storyline. And the funny thing is, like her story with like the the her high school bully, and then them them like figuring stuff out and going on that journey together. That was all okay to me. Agreed. Then you go and go into the twist, and it's just like, all right, you're doing too much. Yeah, and and you said it. I think they tried to do. This is one of those cases where they try to do too much, yeah. and none of it is good. I agree with you. That Lucy Hale's uh, uh, storyline with the bully and everything was good. I actually enjoyed it. However, none of it matters because none of that is her fantasy anyway. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just, it's just, yeah. It, it that that part was convoluted as hell. What did you think about the brothers and their storyline? So, if I have to, um, if I have to actually pick something in terms of what I enjoyed. It was them, and it was more of um. What's the what's the Asian guy's name? Is it? Uh, uh, I don't. Even I forgot what I forgot what his name is. I think his real name is Jimmy Wang, though, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. But anyway, I enjoyed him. He had a lot of funny moments, at least for me, a lot of funny moments in the film. Um, the other brother was ah, uh, he was kind of like again 
a kind of a cliche person. Really, every single person in this mo- movie it was, was cliche. It was all cliche. Yeah, I was about to say every single person was into a particular trope or into a p- particular category, and and I guess that's how they wanted it. Um, just not this just wasn't my cup of tea. I mean, didn't really you know. I'm just being real. And I think because I, I was hyping it so much in my head mm-hmm. and because I wanted it to be so good and because Blumhouse is behind it and because we've had a slew of crappy movies in January, I was just dying for something to be good. And I thought it would be this and it wasn't. So so Maggie Q's story with the daughter before before the twist. Did you enjoy that one? Maggie Q, yeah, with that. Well, first, before even the daughter, it was, you know, the guy she liked. Mm-hmm. She she never said yes when the guy proposed. That was kind of, eh. Her acting was really good, though. Of all, all the people in this film, her acting was the strongest, I believe. I don't know if I necessarily enjoyed her particular storyline. Um, I definitely didn't. The, the, the brothers, their storyline was just, oh, they just wanted to have... Well, in one brother's case, he wanted to have hot girls. The other brother wanted hot boys and just partying. And uh, who's the other person? I don't even remember who the other person was. Oh, uh, the dude, the, the, the army dude. Yeah, the army guy with his father. And, and and see, I enjoyed that story too. Like when his, when his father was like, why do you have my dog tags? That's my Like that moment exchange between them is, is nobody's saying that they're fucking Grammy. They're going to win the Grammys for this acting. But that was probably the best. Oscar, you mean? Yeah, I, well, fucking any of that <laughs> shit. Um, it, it, it's, it, it was it was really, I think it was it was nice acting between those two characters and for this movie and yeah i mean i i didn't mind it at all i know i agree with that also um i don't remember because i didn't make any notes or anything but at one point in this movie i don't remember who the character was but i'm like holy shit is that joaquin phoenix do you know what i'm talking about oh yeah i know exactly i was like bro now this is about to get good but that's the old guy from uh from uh uh sons of anarchy is what i know him for for mainly it looked just like joaquin phoenix i was like what the hell (laughs) They did kind of frame it the same. He had the same hair hairstyles he did in the Joker and stuff, so I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. What did what did so? All right, <laughs> damn, bro, I can't believe you hated this movie like like you did. I, I, I not that I expect you to like be head over heels for it. But, okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. What well, so what? Okay, here's here's my thing. Do you think that them categorizing it as or trying to make it a horror film is what ultimately holds it back? Because in my mind. Like while there are some like the the whole joining narrative being horror, uh, the whole um, uh, uh, Lucy Hale storyline being horror tinge, I like. But I think that if they would have made like each person's fantasy be its own genre and not try to make the overall movie horror, like for example, the brothers could have been straight action, Maggie Q's could have been uh, romance or whatever, and then we have this like. And that way, when we switch back and forth between these stories, we're getting such a different genre within itself that it would have made it a little bit better. And I also think this movie isn't a horror movie, even even with the narrative and everything. It thriller. You're pushing it there. I think what they, they tried to go for something like Shutter Island and they just weren't as, as good with it. But I think that this could have been a good thriller. But trying to even in the marketing marketed as a horror movie is it's kind of misleading. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent with that assessment. Um, for me, like I know I, under, I understand where you're coming from. Thrillers pushing it. I would have probably put it down as like comedy thriller okay. or, um, you know, comedy mystery mm-hmm. type of thing, but horror that's, that's reaching. Yeah. I mean, they put it in a, a couple different things, trying to make it horror. It, it was very far from horror in my opinion. Yeah, and even my daughter, uh, when, when 
I brought it up to her and she watched the trailer. She was like, that doesn't seem very scary. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't really. But maybe they just don't. I was like, did you check the Red Band trailer? She was like, yeah, that's the one I watched. I'm just like, huh, yeah, it doesn't really. Huh, okay, okay, well. Honestly, I, I knew coming into it it was horror. But what I was more expecting to see, and you took the, the, the words right out of my mouth, was something more of a Shutter Island in the way that there's going to be some crazy twists that's going to make you think. And I honestly thought, like, we're going to get some, like, WTF moments. Like, oh, crap, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And we got none of that. When I realized where they were going with this, it reminded me of, uh, for those who've seen the old TV show Lost, it was kind of, like, uh, in a way, like, Lost. Like, they're on this island and all this crazy shit is happening. But I think we all can agree, and we saw what happened towards, like, the end of Lost. It just became a convoluted mess. And that's how this movie was when it ended, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It it, it, it did. Like, and I, I can't even hate on that on that joining narrative. And While I can't try to support it, I can hate on it all day because that was – it took a movie that was decent um, that I enjoyed and it was just like, oh, God, why, why? Like – you know, and I've I've said before, like it's important to stick the landing with movies because sometimes even movies that are great, like I think, uh, for example, Glass is a really great movie, but that ending pisses you off so much that it just makes me hate the whole movie. Um, and I didn't enjoy this one as much as Glass, even in the parts that I did like. But I just I don't know if I was surprised by it or what, but I really did enjoy this film. What do you think about the fact that they try to set it up to be a franchise? That they try to set it up for sequels. Do you think we're going to get it? And uh, we'll talk about box office after that. You think they're trying to set up for a sequel? Absolutely. Like when with them setting up that the guy, the Asian brother is actually Tattoo, who is the his sidekick in the in the TV show. I do think they're trying to set it up for a sequel. I, I really think that just like with Escape Room, Escape Room is now, is having sequels and they really kind of planned yeah. it to be like the new Saw. I do think they're going to they're going to try to do a sequel with this, especially when you look at what the box they made this movie for only seven million dollars. Correct. It was a seven million dollar budget. I think they're doing like uh, over 21 million worldwide so far. But uh, that tattoo thing, I thought that was just them just giving a nod to the, the old show. Obviously, I didn't I didn't really pick up the vibe that it's going to be a sequel. I anytime some people do, I look maybe that's just me because it's so sequelitis in the in movies nowadays. They try to set everything up for sequels and universes. It's the moment I saw that, I was like, "Oh, they're gonna try to do another one." It's just that, especially well, actually, no, they can do a Fantasy Island without obviously the same characters. I mean, they'd probably bring back Michael Pena and probably bring back um, Jimmy Yang, yeah. but nobody else. So I can see, and if they do, I mean, the concept is great. It's just that they have to get the right cast and right story. I, if there is a, a sequel, I would definitely watch. They need to get a new freaking director because this director is ass. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely. I think that they can set it up and make it like a Twilight Zone type thing if they want to keep it in the horror genre. Um, I think like. For example, like with Happy Death Day, which is also a Blumhouse movie, correct? Uh, I'm not sure, but I love that movie. I yeah, love both and, parts and, of that movie. And, and Happy Death Day 2 went completely left of, of it just being straight up horror. Like it went completely into it really being like an action horror comedy, all types of different things. So I can see this playing in that realm. And I think for Blumhouse to survive, and I get it, Blumhouse makes horror movies and they make them for cheap. And that way they almost always make money. But I think for ultimately what Blumhouse can do is to really 
make movies that don't have a genre. Well, once Blumhouse's name is on it, people are going to automatically assume thriller horror. Exactly. Because yeah. that, that his name is thriller horror. You know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And 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 you know, I don't know how hands. I know initially, like when they were first on their rise, he was hands on with all these movies, and he was hands on producing all of them and everything. I really. When, and Blumhouse for a while there had a tone like you knew a Blumhouse movie when you watched it. Now that they're do, they have TV shows and they're doing they're doing uh, theatrical releases and straight to Netflix releases and straight to Hulu releases and they have all these different deals and everything that they're working on. It's like I wonder how much of stuff going astray somewhat is because he's not he can't be as hands on with all the projects as he is. I know, like, I don't think Blum had anything, like, not even produced nothing, EP nothing with this film, and uh, Truth or Dare as well, I don't believe he had anything to do with it, so it's just his his studio, and, and you know, th- that's it, it's, that's, it's just the Blumhouse name. The man himself, Blum, has nothing to do with these movies, yeah. and you can t- you can tell. The movies that he has something to do with, you can see the Halloween. difference in quality. Like, how, like, how, like he is... He, I think that that's really what's taking most of his tension, if I'm being honest. I think the Halloween and the sequels, like, he's so wrapped up in those. Like, he was on the Bill Simmons podcast talking about these Halloween sequels, and you can tell that he is there every step of the way on those. And maybe he's so focused on that right now that the rest of the movies is kind of like, look, make them for cheap. We'll put them out. Like, just just, just keep the budget low. Yeah, the thing is, it's like... The, the movies like Fantasy Island, these are the movies that are just bringing in a revenue stream. Yeah. But the Halloween, those are the movies that are going to pay the bills. And those are the going to be the big box office. Or at and least that's what he's probably thinking. Didn't I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't they making a Friday the 13th movie? I believe so. so and I also heard they're making a, uh, they're remaking Nightmare on Elm Street as well. Okay. Okay. And, and I would love, like... I know you weren't as big a fan as the new Halloween movie, but um, I I thir- I love that Halloween movie, and I would love to see them like bring back um, some of those old slashers from the eighties and everything. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what that means with Blumhouse. Um, ultimately, I guess we we I, we can talk about Blumhouse some more, but I want to kind of finish off on Fantasy Island uh, before we get into like speculation on Blumhouse and the studio and everything. What what was your favorite part? You you said a lot of bad. What what was your favorite part on Fantasy Island? My favorite part was literally Jimmy Yang's line when he, after they fi- figured out the reveal and why Lucy Hills is doing all, all this, he literally goes, and that was my feeling as well. Like, damn, he went, she went out with him one, one time. time? Yeah, yeah. I was, was laughing. That, like, I was laughing. I'm like, like literally all this because of one time. Yeah. Hey, what about you? Fire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'm trying to think of my favorite moment. Um, when Honestly, the credits rolled, huh? When the credits rolled, no, because I enjoyed the movie uh, overall. I, it was just that last part that just completely frustrated the hell out of me. I think um, when when Maggie Q was going back um, and she got the redo on her fantasy, that whole exchange between her and and uh, the other woman, which I'm forgetting her name, and uh, Michael Pena, I really I just I can see the desperation. And as a father, it, it, that that kind of got to me. So that was one of my favorite moments in this movie. Yeah, Maggie Q was one of the highlights. In this, why, in this film. Why, does, why do you think she doesn't work more? I don't know. Maybe she, you know. She had the whole Lafemme Nikita Nikita uh, TV series for a while, and I know she did that. Um, and and that kind of explained why she was out of out of film for a while. But it's like she's a great actress. I don't understand why she's not a bigger, and she's not in more like she's action roles. Like I don't know why they don't use her at all. I think she wasn't a Mission Impossible movie. I think movie. so too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, some people just pick and choose what they want to be in or they pick and choose how many films in a particular year or two year span they're going to be in. So, um, you know, that's probably what she's doing. 
Yeah. Um, but she has the ability to be literally anything. And I mean, her acting is great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. So, I mean, what's your overall ranking for this movie then? Um, I don't think it's the worst movie of the year. <laughs> so it's not, it's not that bad, although, I, you know, I shredded it a little bit. But um, uh, if I'm going to go ahead and, and I usually like to do my, my ratings out of five stars, uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm probably in the same category of like a turning. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and give this one a two out of five stars. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. Fair enough. I, I, I um, I'm a higher than you. Like I said, it's not, even though I, I, you got to be, if you like this freaking movie, it's three, it's a three, three out of five for me. Like, and, and, but again, let me, let me preface that by saying I'm the type of person who literally when nothing's going on, will sit there and watch a random horror movie on Netflix and enjoy it. Like it doesn't matter how bad, like I just enjoy the genre that much. Um, but I don't think this one was, was as bad as you're letting on. I don't think it was great or anything. I think, that this one once it once it's on Netflix, I think it's gonna have it's gonna have a, a a nice amount of streams because I think people are gonna enjoy it for being able to sit at home and watch it. I'm just curious, and I know this doesn't mean crap, but I'm just curious. So just give me one second. Tomato, Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think the Tomato Meter score is? I'm I'm imagining like thirty five percent. I'm gonna tell you this now before I tell you what it is. I've seen thousands of films, and I've checked Rotten Tomatoes hundreds of times i've never seen a rating this low in my life <laughs> nine right, percent it's what nine percent from is that critics or users that's tomato critics uh, critics okay what what is it for users 46 percent ah, that i can Which understand basically falls in line with my my yeah, rating that i can understand i can understand that completely but nine um, percent even for critics that's super harsh i never seen anything that low before nine percent jesus hey i mean i i, I this isn't going to be like for, first of all the genre is already ranked terribly usually by critics so it's not that many horror movies that are getting positive ratings anyway um and this one especially with that ending i can completely understand it yeah and I, mark my words this will be true and i'm about to say it's going to be true i understand they did uh uh, to about 21 million, 21.6 million worldwide right now. But I think that's large in part because people were anticipating this movie, such as you and I. Blumhouse's name behind it. But once reviews start coming out, and I, I haven't read or watched any reviews really, but once if they're as bad as this, I mean, you gave it a three stars, uh, so that's, that's not too bad. But I, I would have to probably think majority of the people are, are more in line with what I'm thinking, maybe a two, two and a half star. If the reviews are negative, that box office number is going to dwindle really quick. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. We'll see how it does in the second week. You got what, 21, 22 million this, this first weekend. I'd say next weekend, right. I said we're looking at about a four or five million dollar next weekend. Yeah, I was literally thinking about three to four million. Yeah, yeah. Um, only because uh, I think, well, again, I haven't looked at the reviews, but if reviews from critics and everybody else are strong, mm -hmm. then it'll do way better than that. But if it's like more in the long lines of what I'm saying, even what you're saying, you're kind of in the middle, I, I don't see being, it's going to be under five million. No matter, okay. It's going to be yeah, under five. Especially what um, you got Brahms coming out next week. So oh, Brahms is going to be strong at the box yeah. office. Yeah. I, at least I, I think especially, so. Especially the first week, it's going to be strong. Plus, the fact that Sonic has been doing so well, you got to think people are going to want to go out and watch that as well. Yeah, true. And that one is a family movie. 
Um, so kind of the last thing that I want to talk about before we go, uh, JB, is is kind of what we got into a little bit now with Blumhouse. Blumhouse turns out a lot of horror movies. Um, have you watched any of the Into the Dark series on Hulu at all? I have not. So it's 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 been on for about a year and a half. Like I said, they release one horror movie a month on that show. Um, so there's there's been about fifteen of them so far. Out of those fifteen, I'd say four are really good. <laughs> but okay with that being said um and i believe they're involved in the twilight zone series too but okay i'm getting sidetracked but with um blumhouse releasing these cheap horror movies that always turn some type of um, profit of profit when do you think it's the 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 viewers are going to turn on blumhouse and i say that because we talk about like oversaturation with superhero movies and the fact of that bubble that bubble is going to burst at some point but the thing that keep that kept that that keeps us from happening with marvel movies are they're usually good with with stuff like this coming out and the critics and users not really liking it as much as they were as as much as it seems do you think it's ever going to get to a point where blumhouse is going to stop cranking out so many movies and just focus on releasing good movies and not the the quanti- quality over quantity. What do you think? It'll never happen. Uh-huh. He's they're gonna continue to whip out content regardless of the quality because at the end of the day, it's all about the almighty dollar. And the, because the movies are done for such small um, budgets, they're gonna turn a profit, like you mentioned. However, going to your original question, at some point, people are going to start turning. Now, the only way that he can stay relevant or avoid a total just protest and strike on him is and probably the smartest way to go about this is yes do your 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 content that's not really doing that well still making some profit but he has to make sure that at least once per year he throws out a blockbuster because that blockbuster is what's going to keep everyone wanting to watch the next year and when everyone starts failing and starts saying oh we're done bring out another blockbuster Mm -hmm. and now, if he doesn't, br- if he can't hold and he can't bring out these blockbusters, like I know, like Halloween is supposed to probably be a major one. If that falls on his face, yeah, you can see a lot of people turning on it. Absolutely. So we have the Invisible Man coming up next from Blumhouse this month. It actually comes out on the twenty eighth. So the fact that Blumhouse is releasing two—that's Blumhouse. Yeah, that's Blumhouse. Oh no. <laughs> exactly. So, um, and you know that one's gotten a lot of buzz since the trailer dropped. People love the trailer. Um, we also got Halloween kills at the end of this year that comes in october but between those two movies we have a movie called the hunt that comes out in march Bro, and then a purge that sequel, looks good the, the, and then uh a purge sequel is coming out in july as well purge five yes yeah, yeah. so i mean it, really all of those movies are going to do good the the hunt looks really good the hunt looks really good and let yeah. me tell you their marketing team i mean like if you watch youtube that shit is on youtube the the ad like yeah. every other commercial yeah so I mean, th- while this one wasn't great, and I, it's not oh, gonna, it's gonna like break the box. Well, it didn't break the box office or anything. I really think those four films that we just named that are coming the rest of this year are all going going to do huge numbers. Week one alone, uh, Purge, Purge always Halloween. Purge and Halloween are going to do good. Invisible uh, Man is going to do a lot of good. I, I don't know. And here's the thing: I just checked what the budget is yeah. for Invisible Man. Seven million. See, th- I, and I feel like that's probably that is probably what the, what he tells the movies that are just like, all right, look, if you can stay seven million and below, we got you. Because Halloween kills. If I'm not mistaken, the b- budget on that one is almost twenty million, right? Uh, I, I'm not sure, but that twenty million is like normal. I mean, to yeah, me, that in this normal. day and age, that's like a normal thing. Yeah, yeah. seven million is crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm surprised they're able to do those that level of special effects for seven million dollars. Like, well, he's he's cracked the code. Whatever that is, he's cracked some type of code over there. They need to check check to see if he's embezzling money because it's just like even this movie. While Fantasy Island wasn't like huge special effects, they weren't the best in the world. To do that for seven million dollars just does not seem right. I know, and let me tell you though, the one good thing about this cast, I you know, I mean, not necessarily the cast, but the one good thing about this film is anyone who was part of it, they got a free trip to go to Fiji because the movie was shot in Fiji. So I think the the the, the <laughs> visual yeah. of the island and and uh, the building and everything was yeah. really beautiful. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well. The future of horror is really with Blumhouse, unfortunately. Like, they're the ones keeping it going. We get other good ones popped in and out of there. I I don't know if they have anything to do with A Quiet Place. I'm not sure. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, I think that's Screen Gems, I believe. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's – God, man. Huh. We're in for an interesting year with our favorite genre, JB. That's all I can say about that. <laughs> I know, man. Uh, also, just some interesting stuff I came across before. Uh, apparently, Batista was supposed to be in this movie, Dave Batista, and he had some other commitments, so he couldn't. And the character, Mr. Rourke, which we said was played by Michael Pena, mm-hmm. originally they wanted uh, they wanted Nicolas Cage to play that. Do you think that would have been any different or worse? <laughs> I think it would have been way better. You think so? I think it would have been way better to see. Like, I... I... And someone who this in Nicolas Cage's second half of it, like this third leg of his career, the end, I've enjoyed like most of the roles he picked. But he just gets to do crazy shit. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of his like this later half of his career. I've seen more of the first half, and I'm not a huge fan. I mean, certain movies I liked Gone in 60 Seconds, Snake Eyes, Face Off, um, not really much there, but. I don't know if you would have, if would have, with the way this movie was done and the writing and everything, I don't know if it would have made a huge difference, to be honest with you. Because I don't think Michael Pena solely brings down this movie. It's not him alone that brings it down. No, and and what he did was in the script. Like, I don't, I like what, even the fact, like, say he's stiff or whatever, I think that was the way that they wanted the character to be. It plays into the ending of the movie or whatnot. Uh, You see, he kind of lightens up towards the end there, but. You know, I, the problem here is the, is the script, uh, the directing. I know you said something about it. It wasn't it wasn't terrible. I think that you can get away with a with a OK director. If you have a really solid script, the script just wasn't yes. really solid. Yeah, you're 100 percent right on that. If you have a strong script and good characters and good acting, the director, you can get rid of that. However, the directing was bad. I mean, there was a lot of shots where you knew a, a, a jump scare was coming because of the way the the, the camera was angled. Yeah. Uh, it's just like almost just waiting for someone to pop out. Like if someone's standing there, you're seeing the back of them. So you're just waiting for something to pop up. It, it's it was done way too predictable. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I agree with that completely. Um well, that's it for JB. I got nothing else, man. You got anything left? I never had anything in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we can get into our fantasy and get the hell out of here from reviewing this movie. Go ahead and give me your social media, JB, so they can check you out. I can be reached on Twitter at the P1JB. That's at T-H-E-P-1JB. Of course, I am also on Facebook, and uh, CEO Hayes will get into our Facebook discussion group. Also, I want to remind everybody, for those Survivor fans out there, I started doing a Survivor podcast, just breaking down the episodes week to week. So it's available right now on our uh, podcast, all, you know, everywhere that our podcast is available. Go ahead and check it out and uh, leave me some comments on what you think. I'm trying to get him to do it on video, people. He won't listen to me. I need y'all support. 
Um, but you guys can follow me at CEO Hayes. It's at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. You can follow us collectively at the Film Bros Pod. And you can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. The, the Film Frequency Pod at gmail.com. Oh, and lastly, if you want to join our wonderful discussion group, just search the Film Frequency and you'll see where we are having a lot of great discussion about uh, film. It's starting to be more TV discussion in there, too, which I know people are looking forward to. So that's just your place to have all types of conversation about film and TV uh, it has nothing. to Well, not me. I say nothing, but it's not dependent upon the podcast. It's just a place to really geek out about film. Absolutely. Well, that's it, JB. Let's get the hell out of here, man. You ready to get out of here? Let's do it. I think our ride is here. You know why? Why? Boss, the plane, the plane, the plane. <laughs>